world of darkness, we search for light. In confusion, we seek for answers. But sometimes, to find what we're looking for, all we need is just a little perspective. You're listening to Point of View, where crucial questions about critical issues are answered from a biblical worldview. And now, here's your host, Josh Barnes. And welcome to Point of View. You're listening to the special Valentine's Day extended edition of Point of View. And today the topic is love. And uh, I titled it, What's Love Got to Do With It? Um, (laughs) Because um, we want to talk about a couple things that are in the news. Jen Psaki or Psaki, I'm not sure how to to pronounce her name. Um, The White House press secretary recently called Lindsey Graham Lady G, which... I'm not entirely sure if that if that was a slur against his saying that he was transsexual or if she was trying to say that he was homosexual. Um, I'm not really sure. But anyway, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, how how um, strange that is coming from the left, which, of course, tries to champion the rights of homosexual and trans. And now they're trying to use trans as a as a smear against somebody. Um uh, but I also want to talk about a couple other things, and that is um, the idea of love in our society and 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 what Valentine's Day is all about, right? In our church, we're actually going to have on Saturday a Valentine's Day banquet for couples. And our church, we felt like we needed to, to establish a few rules. We said, anyone who's a couple is welcome to come as long as it's male or female. Like, we had to even say that this year. Like... You know, you've never had to say that in the past, but we feel like we have to say that this year. And and we wanted to address this concept in our society of, of what love is and ask, you know, um, some hard questions. Like, um, if if the Bible says that we ought to have brotherly love, what's wrong with two men loving each other, right? And so we're going to ask those questions. We're going to dive into the subject. Let's start with, with this story about Jen Psaki or Pasaki, however, I don't know. If it's... In Psalms, you don't say Psalms, so I'm going to just say Saki, right? Her name is P-S-A-K-I, so if I get it wrong, I'm sorry. Here's what it says, Justin. Uh, Conservative slam White House press secretary Jen Saki over homophobic tweet about Lindsey Graham. Um, she said, uh, here's the tweet. Uh, she says, only in 2020 does hashtag Lady G get to push a bunch of debunked conspiracy theories while questioning at Sally Q. Yates, a.k.a. an American hero. Um, She was uh, greeted with lots of pushback. Um, Steve Krakauer, I'm not sure if I'm getting his name right, said, if you want to know what a media double standard looks like, Jen Psaki, a CNN employee, can, uh, uh, as a CNN employee, she was a CNN employee before she became this press secretary, and uh, this is something she said when she was a CNN employee. Um, uh, can get hired to uh, to a White House press secretary ev- and not even feel compelled to delete it after sh- after it was unsurfaced a few days ago. Um, Richard Grenells said homophobia and intolerance from the left is growing, saying that she was ho- this was a homophobic tweet. He also said that she should apologize to the gay community. This is the type of demeaning language that we should all be against. This isn't partisan. Which, um, you know, makes me think, 
I'm, I'm torn over this because while this is an obvious double standard on the left, I also wonder, like, is it even true? Like, is 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 there any reason to think that Senator Lindsey Graham actually is homophobic or transsexual or whatever she was claiming that he was? And and if so, should we kind of be like, oh, I don't know if I like that. Like, what what do you think? <laughs> Where do we stand on this? So here's my problem with the whole issue is, frankly, I have no idea what she was saying there. Like, what is calling him Lady G? So there is a there is a sorry, I'm, I'm just I'm propping up my computer here. So there's a claim that um, that's going around that she is um, that he um, is that there are Washington, D.C. prostitutes call him on the street lady g because of his preferences in the bedroom this is this is what's being claimed okay i don't know if that's true i surely hope not it's it's a disgusting even to think about but this is this is what she's saying that that, that he... makes a little bit more sense out of it because i'm like like if i called you lady j um <laughs> would like does that instantly like it? It makes a little bit more sense now. I I suppose it, it's probably just slander. It's probably not true at all. He's he's claimed that it's not true. Um, well, the thing is, I mean, we've seen we've seen the left, um, and, and I'm I'm going to be fair. I think the right does this too sometimes, but um, the left will very happily look at situations and hold double standards if it means they get to go after people all they want because i mean you look at this this whole deal with marjorie taylor green and it's like okay she said a lot of really dumb stuff um a lot of stuff that you could say is anti-semitic and things like that i don't think the jews have a giant space laser i could be wrong but um then you look at the ilhan omars and the rashida talibs and the strong anti-semitism that's on the democratic side and not a peep so double standards is kind of their thing um this isn't really anything surprising or new to me. Like everyone that that one you read off about, oh, she didn't even feel the need to um, to delete it. Yeah, they don't. They don't. They're they're kind of daring us at this point to to point it out. And I think they feel comfortable enough that they don't have to worry about thinking people. I I don't think they do. Yeah, they don't really care so much about pe- public opinion. If they don't like your opinion, they'll just shut you down. On Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and whatever else, um, yeah. But okay, so in 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 the interest of not holding double standards ourselves, should we be concerned that this is a claim made about Lindsey Graham? Should we should we be like, oh, uh, this is this is not cool, or should we be like, look, he he can do whatever he wants with his prostitutes, and uh, like, how should we how should we look at this? Now, I don't know that he actually does. Like, I don't know if this is actually true, but I'm sure in D.C. there are several, uh, uh, perhaps even most of the senators there and, and our representatives um, are involved in deeds that are unspeakable. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked to find this out, right? So, um, I don't know. How, how, should we, how should we feel about this, that, that this claim is even made? The fact of the matter is we we number one should have a high standard of evidence because biblically speaking, you're supposed to have a high standard of evidence. Um, you don't convict on just hearsay, that sort of thing. Um, and I, I don't think in your mind you should convict off off hearsay. Uh, but if this is true, then we condemn it just like we condemn every other sin that we've seen. I mean, um, 
if it if it's true, it's a it's a disgusting immor- immoral sin. Um, but it's it's sad that we're in a place in America where I agree wholeheartedly with you. If that came out, that this was the case for every senator without exception, I'd be like, Meh, yeah, I kind of so somewhat expected that. You know, yeah, is that all? <laughs> it wouldn't shock me at all. Um, if you if you guys out there, if, if you have VidAngel, you can go watch House of Cards. Don't watch it without it because it's it's terrible. But uh, it actually talks about all these all this corruption and stuff, and and follows a guy going through all the corruption in Washington. Um, and I feel like that's just sort of accepted now. Uh, but you know what? Something else is accepted. It, th- this conversation about homosexuality and even transgenderism now is all about. It's now become accepted that this conversation centers around centers around the issue of love. And I say love doesn't have anything to do with that. I agree. Um, I think the the problem is people have defined love, and and everybody knows when you ask them to define love, they go, "Well, I know it's not just an emotion." At least most people I talk to. But then when they're practically thinking through things, they think of it just as the emotion. That's all they're thinking of is, "Oh, I'm emotionally attached to this person, and um, that's what love means to them," and that's not what love is we we have yeah. to this conversation has to start with definitions before we can even discuss the the idea of love right and so um let's talk about what love is in in society because we, we live in a society where um following your heart is like the chief moral good right i've, I've got a couple stories to share with you get, get your take on them right um i've got this one from let me pull this up here's a new study uh, this is from Discern, and uh, new study shows 74% of American teens and young adults embrace moral relativism. Um, this is according to a new report from the Barna Group in partnership with Impact 360. Um, uh, most teens and young ad- adults subscribe to the philosophy of moral relativism, which is believing uh, that many religions can lead to eternal life. The result found 65% of Americans aged 13 to 21 believe that many religions can lead to eternal life. Basically, uh, what um, the idea they, they quote here is that morally right and wrong changes over time based on society. So what is right and what is wrong is not an absolute. It's not a, a definitive always. It changes with society. And this is what 74% of, of Americans aged 13 to 21 believe. This is really concerning to me, and it follows this this um, this theme. And I'm, I'm actually going to read to you from a song that was in Mulan, the original Mulan movie, but it was at the end credits, so you probably didn't never heard it. But um, we, <laughs> we were growing up like, shut that up. Um, but here's what it says. Here's the chorus. True to your heart, you must be true to your heart. That's when the heavens will part and baby shower you with my love. Open your eyes. Your heart can tell you no lies. And when you're true to, true to your heart, you know it's going to lead you straight to me. Um, your heart can tell you no lies, right? If you just do whatever you want to do, m- morality is not always moral. Like, there's no absolutes in morality. Just do what your heart tells you to do. But, I mean, the Bible is not for this, right? The Bible does not say that this is how we determine what is right and wrong. This is how we've come to the idea that homosexuality is okay because we're just true to our heart, right? Jeremiah seventeen nine says, "The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked." As a matter of fact, every time, 
the Bible talks about your heart. It talks about how you should lead your heart. You should guide your heart, right, rather than following your heart. But, the, but society today has just switched that around, like just follow your heart, do whatever your heart thinks. But the Bible tells us that's a really dangerous thing. Yeah, um, people who say you should just follow your heart, um, to put it nicely, that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Uh, and that's the nice version. Um, because there's, we could just do a quick thought experiment. My heart might say that I'm in this wrestling competition and I haven't prepared, I didn't work out, I am 40 pounds overweight, whatever. But my heart is telling me I am the best and I'm going to win this. Well, guess what? My heart just lied because that guy beat me um, very, very quickly. Or my heart says that I can I can uh, wrestle a lion and win or something like that. Obviously, your heart can tell you something wrong. Your heart can tell you jump off the Empire State Building and you can fly like a bird. You can't fly like a bird. There's objective truth and your heart doesn't actually get to determine that. Um, yeah, I mean, which is apply what, it which to is Hitler, what in some right? ways we're saying you can do. Because if you're looking at our society today, we're saying your heart can objectively change your gender. Your, your heart gets to determine that one now, which we used to say, no, there was an objective biology that determines that one. Yeah, I mean, so if you apply the same concept to things like, okay, um, uh, uh, you know, let, let's talk about um, torturing babies for fun, right? Torturing ba babies for fun. I think we all agree that torturing babies for fun is wrong. But why is it wrong? Is it always wrong? If it's always wrong, then if torturing babies for fun is always wrong, and I hope everyone in the comments is saying, yes, it's wrong. <laughs> I hope nobody in the comments is saying, no, there's some times when torturing babies for fun is okay. Uh, no, it's wrong, right? But why? Why is torturing babies for fun always wrong if morality is relative and if my heart can tell me whatever I want, right? What if somebody says, I enjoy torturing babies for fun. It, I, I get fun out of this. Now, that's that's sick and perverted, but we know that there are evil people in the world, right? Like Hitler, um, you know, there's all kinds of, you know, Jeffrey Epstein, right? There, there's some terrible people in the world who get fun out of doing objectively wrong things. But if if our, our definition of what is right and wrong is all about what your heart tells you to do and you whatever you enjoy, then we have a real problem. Yeah, and... and in some sense, the studies that you cited there, um, it's really just the culture conforming more to its worldview. Um, we have a culture that still, in some sense, has some leftovers from the Christian culture we used to have, which is why we still have some semblance of morality in certain areas. But as, as we go farther away from this, and as we give more time between when we had a Christian foundation and when we don't, we're just seeing that we're starting to conform more to the worldview that says that everything is relativistic. And and it's more it's not that people believe, at least not most people, wouldn't say, no, there's no such thing as objective truth. They would say, yes, of course, there is gravity. Gravity is a thing. Um, that's an objective fact. But but what is right and wrong as a value system is something we make up. And this is one of the, the discussions every time you get into discussion about religion in general. This is one of the things people are going to bring up, and atheists hate the argument for morality because they think they've answered it, but the problem is they haven't. Because they'll say, oh, it's about what's good for society or this, that, and the other. But the the person you just mentioned disproves that entire system. Because what if you have the person who does enjoy torturing babies? 
And they say, well, that's not good for society. And then I say, okay, well, what if they don't care what's good for society? Well, that's not good for the species. Okay, what if they don't care about that? Can you can you sit back and tell them that's wrong objectively? Mm -hmm. And from an atheistic perspective, no, you can't. You can say, I don't like it, doesn't help society, doesn't help the species, and they can say, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that's exactly that's exactly the point. I mean we but let's bring this down to Valentine's Day, right? Cuz we want to make this the Valentine's Day episode. Let's talk about love, right? Because here's the argument, right? Here's the argument uh for even from from Christians. There's a new story out um you know, you you've seen all these uh, quote-unquote Christian churches that are waving the uh the um the rainbow flag. Well, um, apparently now the Secretary of State um, Anthony, or Anthony, no, no H, Anthony Blinken, um, orders that LGBT flags now are all flown at U.S. embassies. Will now fly the LGBT flags. Um, but the argument for this is that this is this is a loving thing to do, right? Because this is just encouraging love, and um, it's encouraging men to love men or women or anybody we should just encourage love and this flag is now seen as a symbol of love it but it's not right because if if it was just love without any lust without any physical desire then you and i wouldn't have a problem with it right if this was just a a um a loving um relationship between two men just in in an emotional way I think we'd say, yeah, that sounds pretty good. But when it becomes physical, that's where we have a problem with it because the Bible says that that's sin, right? Right. So people love to um, – what's funny is even at quote-unquote gay weddings, you're going to have a passage of Scripture read if it's like a Christian-type thing um, that I don't think they think about quite enough, and it is the love chapter of the Bible – and in the love chapter of the Bible, it says the word charity uh, is also love. It's I believe here it's agape. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's agape. But it says charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not evil, easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity. Here's the problem. And by the way, this, this conversation is going to have to rest on the assumption that the Bible says homosexuality is wrong. It does, ten ways till Tuesday, but maybe some other time we can take a longer time to, to go through why we believe that. But granting that the Bible is very clear on homosexuality, biblically speaking, rejoicing not in iniquity is one of the characteristics of love. If you call it loving to be waving the LGBT flag and all that sort of stuff, you disagree with the Bible. The Bible is very clear. You cannot be rejoicing in iniquity and be loving towards someone. I can't, as much as I care for the good of, of all the people that would consider themselves LGBT and, and the rest of the alphabet, I cannot rejoice in what they're doing. I cannot try to encourage them in what they're doing because that means I don't love them. Mm -hmm. You know, and if, if this thing is actually... A sin, which we've dealt with on in other episodes, and we'll deal with it again in another episode. But the Bible does make it very clear that homosexuality is absolutely a sinful practice. Acting um, on the desire. 
specifically, I would say. Right. There are people that struggle with the desire but don't act on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but, but this, this practice is, is definitely a, a wrong, uh, you know, against the commands of God. And it, therefore, it is incurring the wrath of God. And it should be something that we, as, as loving to that person, say, hey, I love you. And you're doing something that's against God, and it's gonna it's gonna come back around to bite you because you'll be judged for it one day, um, you know. And out of love, I don't want to support that action, right? Shouldn't it be loving to not put up the rainbow flag? Yeah, I mean, there's a good series that um, the guy you know of, Mike Winger, has done on this, where he's gone through studies, scientific studies, of just all the the different things that. Studies have found to be issues with people who are engaged in this sort of lifestyle. And when Romans says that they bear in their bodies the recompense of their of their uh, I forget exactly what it says, but basically they're bearing in their bodies the penalty for what they're doing Um, and that God's wrath is is on people who are engaging in this sort of thing. Um, and a, a lot of other wickedness, but specifically they're bearing a penalty in their bodies that bears out scientifically studied. Um, this is not a, a lifestyle that leads to any form of human flourishing. Um, it, it brings all forms of, um, of physical diseases. There's higher rates of domestic abuse. There's all sorts of stuff that comes with it. And as a caring, loving person, even, even not from a Christian perspective, if we're just being objective, we say, this is not how human flourishing is going to be accomplished. And even again, from a non-Christian perspective, uh, this isn't going to keep the species going either. This is not evolutionarily beneficial. This is not good for human flourishing. This is, from a Christian perspective, wrong in the sight of God. There is no way that it is loving to support this kind of thing. Yeah. So let's take this wrong view of love and let's apply how this damages even just heterosexual relationships, right? We have we have a crisis among married people in this country where... I think the last statistic I saw, somewhat something like 50% of marriages end in divorce. Maybe it was higher than that. Um, uh, but this is a real concern that even married people and even among heterosexual relationships, there is a problem of, of love. And, and I say that because people will say, I don't love them anymore, right? I, I've, I, I've fallen out of love with my wife or whatever. Or my husband, and uh, to me, I wonder. Um, you know, it's not always the case that it's that person's fault or whatever. But a lot of times, when you see this, you see this happening. It, it, it is a, a misconception about what love is, right? Because we're accepting the idea that love equals physical attraction, right? And as long as I'm physically attracted to you, I love you. <laughs> Which is the problem because that means you're physically attracted and loving. Uh, you love a lot of women, men. <laughs> but the the question is not about physical attraction. And when we equate the two, love and physical attraction, we have a problem, right? Um, I think that physical attraction should be a natural outgrowth of really loving your wife or really loving your husband. But those things are not the same. What is the biblical definition of love? Well, um, the biblical definition of love, uh, the, the way that I've heard it put, and I'm going to disclaimer, this is not a Justin original. This comes <laughs> from Dr. Vodibachum. I think he said it really well. Um, 
when Jesus is asked what is the greatest commandment, he says, uh, in Mark chapter 12, he says, the first of all the commandments is, uh, actually, hang on a second, nope, that is, okay, sorry, it just sounded a little bit weird, didn't know if I had the right thing pulled up here, it says, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength, this is the first commandment, so Jesus says the greatest commandment is to love God. What's interesting here is right off the bat, the fact that loving God is a commandment tells us we have the wrong view of love. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you can't command an emotion. I can't command you to be physically attracted to your wife. But when we understand love correctly, we understand that this isn't what it's talking about. It says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. When, when we talk about the heart, the heart is an organ that pumps blood. In in the sort of usage you'll find in like the Old Testament in a Jewish context, the heart is is sort of your will. Mm-hmm. It is the, the inner will of man. So when God says that you love God from the heart first, he's saying that it is an act of the will. Biblical love is an act of the will that's accompanied by emotion, and it leads to action on behalf of its object. That is biblical love. Yeah. I can command you. As an act of the will, go love your wife, or go love your enemy, which God commands, or go love your neighbor, or go love, you know, this per- I can command that, because this is an act of the will that may be accompanied by emotion, but is not driven by emotion. Yeah, we, we see it as an emotion that produces action. I think, I think it's not. It's a choice that produces action that results in emotion, right? So I choose, I'm going to love my wife. Because I've chosen to love her, I'm going to act in loving ways towards her. And over time, from time to time, I will have these radical emotions that overcome me because of my choice to love her. But but I should not expect those emotions to be constant all the way through my life. Um, Those can come and go like any emotion can, right? Um, the, The choice that I've made should be permanent and should be ongoing forever and by the way when the marriage starts hitting those bumpy paths when it starts getting rough um the the sort of romantic view of emotional love is not going to be able to weather that storm and we've seen that in america yeah and that we bought by, by the, the way, label of romantic love j- just to be clear um some people are what justin's against romance no no, no. like this is romance should be a part of the choice that you've made to love your wife, right? Uh, 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 from a husband's perspective, that's one of the things he does to show that he's chosen to love his wife is by being romantic, right? There's an easy way to put it. It's not it, It's not devoid of emotion. It's just simply not led by it. Right. There is plenty of emotion, but you don't lead with the emotion. You lead with the will. Right, and that brings us back to... Um, to what I was saying before, how the Bible talks about not following your heart, but guiding your heart. Uh, let me see if I can find the, uh, the scripture on this. I believe it's in the book of Proverbs. Um, and uh, just give me one second. Yeah, here, here it is. Um, Proverbs, this is one, there's a lot of, of places like this. Proverbs 23, 19 says, Hear thou my son and be wise, guide thine heart in the way. Right? You, you bring your heart along, right? If you don't love your wife, Get your heart in line, right? By choosing to love your wife, acting in loving ways. 
and and your heart will follow you, right? Um, now that doesn't mean there aren't some circumstances that are that are special, right? I, I understand people are saying, but but you don't understand my circumstance, right? That's where you need your own pastor. Go talk to him. Go, you know, there, there's there's specific instances. I understand you need to you need specific um, advice on. Um, but we're saying in general, the problem in America is that we have the wrong definition of love. We don't have a biblical one, and this is not just applicable to homosexuals and the LGBT community. This is for everyone. We need to get back to real love. And what better day to do it than Valentine's Day? Yeah. We need to get back to understanding love for our relationships because, number one, we need to understand love in order to understand to to lead with the will in, in our marriages and things like that. And we need to understand love in the view of God in that we don't assume because something is nice, it is loving. There is a big difference. And giving hearty support to something that is sinful is not loving. Yes, exactly right. And I think I, I can't say it any better than that, so we're going to leave it right there, um, and we'll we'll get you next time. Hey, join us on Monday for our two-hour show. We are Now, things could change between now and Monday, but our hope is to do a two-hour show on the topic of climate change. You won't want to mi- miss this. We're going to have some big experts um, joining us uh, to talk about it, and I want to see what they say. I'm, I'm a little bit undecided, uh, not completely undecided, but a little bit undecided about the topic. So join us next time on Point of View.